Are you ready for a live mock draft? Draft Countdown's own Miranda Wilhelm and Brad Menendez will join us tonight for a one-round live mock draft next on the Draft Countdown Podcast. Tonight's edition of the Draft Countdown Podcast. I'm your co-host, Brian Bosars, joined as always by my co-host, Shane P. Hallam. Shane, we are 35 days, 22 hours, 58 minutes, and 24 seconds away from the 2023 NFL Draft. Just over a month away, things are heating up. We got the pro days still. NFL is kicking with some, I don't know, the tail end of free agency trades. And yeah, it's, look, it's time to do a mock draft on the show again. So I'm excited for tonight because these are always my favorite shows. Yeah, normally, uh, normally we take questions in the chat and the Discord. We're not doing that tonight because of the live mock draft. But if you're not a member of our Discord, we ask that you go and join that and get in on the NFL draft discussion leading up to now, before and after the NFL draft. Go to draftcountdown.com, top right corner of the search bar. There's a link to join the Discord. Come in and have some fun with us. Shane, um, Let's quickly, we'll touch on a couple of injuries right quick uh, that will affect pro days. Uh, Syracuse running back Sean Tucker uh, was not allowed to work out at the combine because of a medical condition that showed up. And uh, we do not know if he's even going to work out at a pro day or if he's going to have his own pro day uh, at all. And UAB running back Dwayne McBride, uh, hamstring injury, did not work out at UAB's pro day, may or may not have his own private workout. Uh, anything to stick out on those two running backs? Nope, we, we got we got some uh, film from Sean Tucker doing the drills and some self-reported laser numbers, so uh, you can take that for what it's worth. Which is worth absolutely nothing. A uh, couple of trades, uh, none that will impact our mock draft tonight. Well, actually, they could because, you know, they could impact, you know, where you're thinking a team might go in the first round, uh, maybe. Uh, the Jets today acquired pick 42 in the second round in exchange for Cleveland's third round pick, pick 74. I'm sorry. Cleveland acquires the Jets pick 74 and wide receiver Elijah Moore from the Jets. The Jets get pick 42 from Cleveland. Um, I got a feeling pick 42 or 43 for the Jets, probably not going to stay in-house long. But uh, your thoughts on this deal for the Jets and Cleveland? I think it's a good deal for both sides. I mean, essentially, the Jets are moving up from the third round into the early second round. Uh, like you said, might give them some more assets to move there. For the Browns, you're getting a, a round two receiver for a, a what essentially in the trade charts, a third round price. Pick 66 is about what it cost. 
only two years left on the rookie deal, so he's a little cheaper than when he was drafted. I think Elijah Moore be a good slot receiver for the Browns and really helps Deshaun Watson hopefully do well for them. Yeah, uh, I think uh, Miranda Wilhelm will be having a uh, second round, one of them second round picks the Jets has got coming to Green Bay's way, if I had to guess, here in the next two weeks. Uh, the other trade involving a wide receiver this week saw uh, wide receiver Brandon Cooks heading to Big D, going to Dallas uh, in exchange for uh, pick 161 in the fifth round. We'll be heading to Houston and a 2024 sixth round pick. Your thoughts on Brandon Cook and how he impacts the Cowboys? I think it takes receiver coming out of the equation for them early. And Brandon Cooks now is the tied to be the, the most traded player in NFL history four times with Eric Dickerson. That is a hell of a stat. Yeah. Look at Shane with the research here. Uh, my thought, I shared it with you. Uh, I was a fan of Jalen Talbert, the South Alabama wide receiver last year, uh, drafted in the third round by the Cowboys. Uh, this does not seem like a vote of confidence his way. No, no. I, I think, you know, you hope maybe he can keep developing and see what happens, but not great for him for year two. All right. That's probably not the last trade we're going to talk about in the next few weeks here, but that is the only trades that happened this week. But, Shane, it's mock draft time. Yes. Are you ready? Let's bring on our uh, cohorts from Draft Countdown first. Follow her on Twitter at Murda with an A. She wrote, I spelled that wrong when – uh. Sending out a tweet the other day. Whoops. But it is the lovely Miranda Wilhelm. Miranda, welcome here to our live mock draft tonight. Hello, hello. And he is the man from Roto Heat, also draft countdowns, other draft guy here. It is Brad Menendez. Brad, proudly wearing the Lions Honolulu blue tonight. I need to put my cheese hat on. I mean, you can just leave that in the corner. Nobody wants to see that. Let's be honest. How are you guys? It's good to see everybody. So wonderful to be back on with such amazing people and a Packers fan. How are you all tonight? <laughs> wow, we are, man. We are doing great here. Uh, last time we got together for this mock draft was January the 11th, which was wow. when the playoffs, I think, got underway. So the draft order wasn't set then. Uh, it is set now, and – We've had a shakeup at the top, obviously. Thankfully, we didn't really have any shakeup with who was picking the first pick because Shane was already picking for the uh, Panthers at nine, so that kind of worked out. But a uh, brief explainer on the rules here. Uh, we're not doing trades. You know, we can, if, if you think a trade is a possibility here, like you know, you can bring that up in your explanation for the pick, but we're not going to actually be making trades on the clock. We're going to draft all 31 picks in the first round. Notice I said 31 because the 32nd pick Miami gave up for cheating. And But if it even and everybody gets eight picks tonight, Shane will come on board with the 32nd pick that it belongs to his Pittsburgh Steelers by way of the Chicago Bears. So with that being said, here we go, Shane. You are on the clock with pick number one and the Carolina Panthers. Got a feeling I know where you're going here. Oh, I'm definitely going with a quarterback, right? Uh, there's no, we know the Panthers moved up to one to take a quarterback in this draft. I think they are going to continue doing their due diligence on these top quarterbacks. C.J. Stroud from Ohio State, Bryce Young from Alabama, Anthony Richardson from Florida are probably the three in contention for this pick. Uh, and you know, we'll see how things heat up here 
as time goes on. I personally think at the time we're recording this, they do not know who they are taking. I don't think they have that locked in the bag. Uh, I think there's still, you know, why not wait to really make that decision? But we saw today at Ohio State's Pro Day, Carolina Brass was in attendance, very friendly with C.J. Stroud, who will be visiting uh, the Carolina Panthers as well. I, I think C.J. Stroud's the best pure passer in this draft. I think if you're Frank Reich, this feels right. I think it feels like the quarterback he would want, the quarterback Josh McCown, the QB coach, would want, the quarterback, the owner, Dave Tepper, would want, and that's ultimately what it's going to be. So with the first pick, the Carolina Panthers will select Coleridge Bernard Stroud IV from the Ohio State University. There you go. My, Frank, my question – oh, go ahead. Go, I was going to say, when we were at the Combine and heard Frank Reich speak and he described what he what he was looking for in a quarterback, it almost like he verbatim read C.J. Stroud's scouting report. <laughs> I was locked in from that day. So go I, ahead, Brad. I mean, how, how are you not? But my question would be is how much involvement is Tepper? Because Tepper feels like a guy that meddles a lot. And I hope that he stays out of the way and let the coaching staff and the front office kind of make this choice. Like, that's my fear is that – Tepper could mess this whole thing up for the Panthers if he just, you know, kind of butts his nose in. But Stroud's a great pick. And he immediately becomes the best quarterback in the NFC South. I said. Yeah. Man, Gardner Minshew would be – oh, no. Sorry, Wrong Derek. side. Derek, he went Derek, to the Colts. Derek, Derek Carr. Carr. Yeah, yeah, I think that's, that's – Well, no, he's better, than, he's, he's better than Derek Carr already. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. I would think. Although Derek Carr is a good fit in New Orleans. But that, yeah. that puts me up on the board at two, right? I get that Houston pick again. That's right. The Houston Texans here on the board with pick number two, Brad. Uh, Disappointed, uh, but I feel like we're having the same conversation with Houston. They probably don't know who their quarterback is going to be, but I feel like they have to go quarterback. Because don't get me wrong, Case Keenum would be disappointed if you heard me say he's not the long-term starter. But Case Keenum is not the long-term starter in Houston. Uh, nor is Davis Mills, nor is – anybody who's on the roster. So I think they have to target QB with a new head coach and a new system. I'm concerned that they would maybe go kind of the reach pick with Anthony Richardson, but I'm going Bryce young because he's the most pro ready quarterback of this bunch that's left at this point. Uh, he does everything you want him to do. He may not have, I mean, you may have seen his best football at Alabama, but I think they built a team around him with a lot of these free agent moves and, and things that they've done to give him some pieces. He's got some skill position players. They brought in some tight ends to help. Although I love Brevin Jordan. He's not, you know, they've got some other tight ends to help. And I think this team is moving in the right direction. Locked up Laramie Tunsil so that you can keep your quarterback upright. It feels like Bryce Young is the pick here for me just because he's the safer of the quarterbacks that are available at this point. Yeah, I, I, I agree here as well uh, with, with Bryce Young being the pick. My question here is, and I'll, I'll oh, Shane, you shoot me down every time I come up with these wild, crazy trade scenarios. But do you think Carolina is like working the Bryce? We we like Bryce Young too to try to get Houston to like maybe do a little pick swap in here. I, sure, but I, you know, once again, I think Carolina still I, they probably do like Bryce Young. Like, I, it probably isn't a lie, but you know, you always want some gamesmanship. I think sometimes the teams go too far. Houston's not moving up a pick. You know, it, it's that's not going to happen. There's no reason for them to do it in this type of class. That'd be awesome if they leapfrogged him and then took CJ Stroud <laughs> just to just to <laughs> button hook him. But 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 that's going to be who then Bryce Young would have been who Carolina wanted from the beginning, right? Like we, yeah. we we've heard that before. Sure. That's exactly what we'd hear. So it wouldn't we would never know. Right. They would say the same thing if they drafted Will Levis. If we're going to be honest, Will Levis was number one on our board. Right. Blah, blah, blah. Right. 
Well, Miranda, I think you would probably be taking phone calls right now if you were allowed to, if you were the Arizona probably. Cardinals and moving out for whoever wants yeah. Anthony Richardson or Will Levis or at this Will, point. Yep. So, but that's not allowed here. So we're leaving yep. you to pick the best probably defensive player on the board here. 100%. I think this is a dead giveaway. This is a pretty easy one. You know, you got Jonathan Gannon now in Arizona, defensive guy. Obviously, it's going to be between Will Anderson and Tyree Wilson, but you got to go with the Terminator. They have so many holes to fill. I think he's the best player on the board at this moment. They're not looking for a quarterback yet. We're good. I think Will Anderson. Best player in the draft, Shane? Yep, he's been both our number ones, right, from from the get-go. Mm -hmm. Bell to Bell. Edge yep. from Alabama. He's he's – He's been so good in Alabama all three years. So I love the pick by Miranda there. Yeah, he becomes the second straight year now. Myself and Shane have had the same edge rusher go bell to bell as the number one pick. Last year it was Kayvon Thibodeau. Wow. I think that that showed out for us last year. He was one yeah. of the best players in last year's draft class as well, yet fell mm -hmm. to number five. Will Anderson, I think, is a better prospect than Kayvon Thibodeau is. And probably the best pass rushing prospect since Garrett to come in. Whoa, that's it's fair. Yeah, I would say so. I so, I think there's a debate between those two, even to me. So, so I think we all agree that there is a very good chance a team tries to leapfrog Indianapolis here on draft night or before uh, to get that third quarterback. Um, but all things considered, Will Anderson, the pick here, and a great pick for Arizona. Yeah, that I mean, bring, he makes an immediate impact wherever he goes, but especially somewhere that's really struggling there, like Arizona. Well, and a, and a question I would have that we don't know the answer to is, are we sure Arizona sold on their quarterback situation? Yeah. I mean, new staff, new everything. Is this their guy, an injury-prone little quarterback that has been having trouble on and off the field with – you know, a lot of concerns. And I, I mean that, so that's my mind that as I do my mocks for our site, every, I ask myself that question every time I pick for Arizona is like, is Arizona sold on giving Kyler Murray two two fifty? you know, whatever the price is going to be when they have to pay him again. I don't know. I don't know what the cap implications would be of a move like that either. So before I can say heads or right. no, yeah, I, it's not a question like we can answer, but I'm just, that's a thought that I ask myself. I'm like, you know, it happened to Josh Rosen a couple of years ago. Arizona's not afraid to cut ties and move on, but I agree. Will Anderson's still the best player in the draft. I mean, by far. Well, that brings it up to me now with the Indianapolis Colts. That's the one team that got screwed more than anybody by the Panthers trading up from nine to one. And so now they're hit sitting here at four on the, our board right now Two the top two quarterbacks are gone. So I think they have to go quarterback here. I don't, I don't really see any any alternative here. They've got the the great Gardner Minshew currently is the QB on the roster. Uh, not great. So that being said, as much as this is going to pain me to say it, because I have probably been one of the more vocal opponents of this player during this entire process. At pick four, the Indianapolis Colts will select Florida quarterback Anthony Richardson. The upside is obviously through the roof, right? And Shane seems to think his floor is 
a lot higher than what I think it is. But is Gardner going to be able to – I think Gardner Minshew probably starts the first eight games maybe this season. I don't – I guess maybe even to whenever their bye week ends up being. But Anthony Richardson is the pick here. I, I don't really know if Will Levis is more ready to go than what Richardson would be. And if that is exactly what they're looking for, maybe Levis gets some play here. But for this pick, I'm going with Richardson uh, from Florida, the quarterback to the Colts. Brian, what was the, was the lowest RAS score that the Colts drafted last year? 9.1. What's that, Anthony Richardson's RAS score? 10. Perfect 10. So I feel like this fits right in Chris Ballard's wheelhouse of taking the most athletic player at the position that he wants. Uh, and look, I, I think the Minshew signing's perfect because, like you said, they can sit Anthony Richardson. Um, I, I think we see this happen on the day of the draft. Man, to go from is he a first round quarterback to being a top five quarterback? I mean, that, that's the fun of draft season, right? I mean, we weren't having this conversation two, three months ago. We were debating if he should be drafted. And then. True. I will say this. If my current rankings stay the same, there will be, if you take spot where drafted away from where I have them ranked, Anthony Richardson will have the lowest, or sorry, the highest negative differential of ranking to pick spot I've ever had. Because he's currently number 99 on my board. So, I'm not telling him that when he goes top five because he will not shout <laughs> us out at that point. But so that brings up Shane here with the uh, pick from the Denver Broncos that Seattle acquired in the Russell Wilson trade. Seahawks almost made the playoffs a year ago, just re-upped Geno Smith to a three-year deal. Shane, what are the Seahawks going to do here to uh, – add to their potential playoff roster? I think it's an interesting choice for them uh, because they can go a lot of different ways. I mean, this is a Seahawks defense that really struggled last season. And we've already seen some of the investments they made up front, the defensive tackle position, signing Draymond Jones from the Denver Broncos, I think was a big signing. We'll see if they address kind of the nose tackle uh, position, how, how that kind of goes. Um, you know, Ultimately, they, I think they can still look at quarterback, but I do think signing Geno Smith to a couple-year deal here probably precludes them from taking Will Levis at five and kind of reaching for someone. I don't think they're going to reach for someone. They'll take who they want when they want to. So I want to address the defensive side of the football. I think that's most important. Um, I, seem, I would say the defensive end, defensive tackle spot, or the corner spot is probably what's going to make the most impact. But they got some good corner play Last year from uh, Tariq Woolen, from the rookies. Um, so I, I almost lean toward that defensive line. And I think there's a good versatile player that's worth a top five pick here. So I, I'm going to take Tyree Wilson, the edge rusher out of Texas Tech. Uh, at at 271 pounds, he can kick inside a little bit. He can play kind of that big defensive end spot. They can really rotate him with Draymond Jones in some different positions. He can stand up. I think the versatility fits the Seahawks defense well. I mean, and he's tested great, has basically the prototype build for a defensive end. Um, this ain't this ain't a Bruce Irvin build here, is it, Shane, with Tyree Wilson? Yeah. And the production is there as well. So I love the pick here, Tyree Wilson, 
uh, top five pick here for the Seattle Seahawks. Next up on the board, Brad, one of two picks for the Detroit Lions here in the first round. You're up here at pick six. A lot of ways they can go here. Yeah, I mean, free agency really kind of told us which way they're not going to go, right? They brought in three back-end defenders, two of them on one-year contracts, so I wouldn't say for certain they don't draft a corner at some point in the first round. I just don't see them doing it with their first pick in the first round, especially if the board falls the way this falls. Um, this is the point where I think anybody who wants that last kind of top-tier quarterback is calling, but obviously I can't make a trade. Uh, so I'm going to go Jalen Carter. I know there are concerns, obviously, but Detroit's biggest need at this point still then would be defensive line. They need somebody who's versatile, uh, and I think Jalen Carter can do that. You know, I love his body control. I love the way that he can, you know, kind of – pass gaps to other guys and kind of bounce back and forth along that line. And, and I think that he brings the versatility that Detroit's defense needs. You know, Agent Hutchinson is about the only guy that you really can see move in and outside and still play really well. And, you know, this kind of improves and helps alleviate the fact that, you know, we've not gotten much good value out of like on Wuzurike. We drafted in second round a couple of years ago and, and some of those guys. And Lee McNeil's nice, but he's just a big physical dude that fills a gap and sometimes he can get up the field. So give me Jalen Carter, and uh, I feel pretty good about the pick as long as they, you know, because they have the culture already in place, this is why I feel okay taking a guy like that. It does feel like, like you said, going to, like, with Dan Campbell and and that Aaron, is it Aaron Glenn is their mm -hmm. defense coordinator. Yep. I mean, it feels like that is a good place to kind of mold Jalen Carter and what they need. I think it is a position to need, despite the fact they have spent a lot of draft capital on that interior defensive line in recent years. Oh, yeah. Uh, do you think that scares them off in any way or? Well, so I, I would have said yes if they didn't have such a big need along the defensive line and they've already missed out on, you know, Tyree Wilson and some of these other guys that they would have gone after. I mean, when you look at the, the rest of what's available, it's not really top 10 value type defensive lineman, at least in my perspective. I think Jalen Carter's kind of the last guy at this point where you're like, all right, you're willing to pay a top 10, top 15 pick for him. Uh, I don't know that they really are scared away from spending it because they have two firsts. I feel like they're willing to roll the dice and just go, listen, we're going to take the guy that's at the top of our board and we're going to run with it. And that's, that's him. All right. Sounds good. That brings up the Las Vegas Raiders and me picking for the Raiders here at pick seven. And I don't know. I, I know me and Shane talked about, I don't necessarily know that they're not going to take Will Levis here, the quarterback from Kentucky, despite signing Jimmy Garoppolo. But a part of me thinks that they're convinced that Garoppolo is it. So I'm going to pass on the quarterback here. And having seen his play in person and seeing Joe Burrow consistently target Brandon Faison every single time, because for some reason they thought he could cover Jamar Chase one-on-one, -on -one, in that wild card playoff game, I I just don't think he's a very good corner, and I've got the pick of the litter here, so I'm going to go with Illinois corner Devin Witherspoon at pick seven here to the Las Vegas Raiders. A part of me thinks that the old Al Davis mindset would have been go with Gonzalez, maybe just because of the top tier athleticism, and we don't really have that testing on Witherspoon yet, but I think Devin Witherspoon could be arguably the top corner in this class and uh, gets gets it done here in, in instant upgrade at uh, the boundary position there for the Raiders. 
What, what, what kind of makes that decision for you, Brian, in terms of who, which, which one of those two to pick here? Because I think Christian Gonzalez from Oregon is the favorite right now to be the first corner off the board. Whether Devin Witherspoon of Illinois right behind him, how would you kind of make that decision? Just his play in the Big Ten, you know, in some of the more marquee games they had this year, uh, stood out to me more than say Gonzalez's play, just because of, uh, conference bias, if you will. You know, like if I saw a player succeed more in the SEC, I'm more inclined to lean to them than I would be to a guy in the Pac-12, so to speak, or the Big 12. Uh, and, and his play in the big games for, for Illinois this year was kind of what pushed me ahead of Gonzalez in making that choice. Fair. No, that's good. That brings up Miranda now with the Atlanta Falcons. So it's a lot of uncertainty. I think around the Falcons, just on all sides of the ball. But if I'm an Arthur, I'm a little bit happy that you passed on my boy Christian Gonzalez at this moment. So they already acquired Jesse Bates. I think you just bought, I mean, I think they were like a, I think they were 31st ranked on third down. They got to start shoring up this defense a little bit. I think if you're a guy like Christian Gonzalez, cornerback out there, I don't see how you can go wrong. Tremendous athlete, Gonzalez, out of Oregon. And like I said, we just talked about him. And it's very close. Is he the best corner in this draft? Maybe. He's still – I have him actually ahead on my board of Witherspoon. It's very close. <laughs> but I just went with Witherspoon here because of the fit. But in this case, like you said, opposite of A.J. Terrell, you plug in Chris and Gonzalez. Casey Hayward you was from your old – from Green Bay back in the day. He's a little long in the tooth, as they say. You replace him with uh, Christian Gonzalez, and you've, like you said, you've just – Jesse Bates, tremendous range at free safety. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like the fit here. I like the pick. Uh, let me ask you this before. Would With Will Levis there, would you have cons- – is there any consideration for him in place of to, to come in compete yeah. or be better I mean, than Ritter? To be honest, if they hadn't signed Taylor Heineke, I probably would have leaned more towards a quarterback. But I I still think Taylor Heineke's right on the line of like being a serviceable starter and doing enough if he has enough help around him. Um, So the fact that they got him, even though they're like, yeah, Ritter's our guy, eh, is he? We'll see. But I think Heineke can take over and, you know, any – any case and I think they can get away with another year of not having to you know where and not to say that they won't draft somebody else maybe down the line I don't know I like to pick thank you that brings up the former holders of the number one pick the Chicago Bears now down here at nine Shane is this is or is OT1 coming off the board here uh, could, could be, could be, uh, you know, just the worst team in the NFL last year, having a couple different holes to fill uh, as always though, they, they've spent a lot in free agency, having the most cap space, especially addressing the linebacking group has made that nice, but some of the big positions are still needs. They need an edge rusher. They need a, a three tech, no defensive tackle. They need offensive tackles, at least one um, uh, and the left tackle position, you know, they, they were super in on Mike McGlinchey and trying to sign him. The fact that they couldn't tells me they're probably drafting an offensive tackle fairly early. Um, the running back position 
is a need. I mean, this could be a spot for Bijan Robinson out of Texas. I don't think it's out of the question. I don't necessarily think that's going to be a Ryan Poles move, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't be surprising. I think wherever Bijan goes, we're, we're probably not going to expect it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, it feels like this has to be the spot for a left tackle. I think Tevin Jenkins played well enough. You can have him start at right tackle, but uh, you, you don't want fifth round pick Braxton Jones starting left tackle yet, right? We like Braxton Jones, but not to start as a rookie and second year player at the left tackle position for Justin Fields. So uh, the question is who, uh, because I, I do think there are three different options that they can take. Ultimately, I think I'm going to go with who I consider kind of the safest all around player um, in terms of playing the left tackle position. And that's Paris Johnson, the offensive tackle out of Ohio State. And so the reason I go with him over Peter Skronsky, who's been mocked there a lot, is definitely the arm length and the fear that Peter Skronsky might not be able to play tackle. I think ultimately the Bears are going to want someone who has that length and size to work with his athletic um he's athletic but work with this athletic quarterback and broderick jones there are some rumors maybe some off the field nothing major but effort concerns things that could drop him in the draft i think you play it safe and take justin field's guard that was in front of him at ohio state who played tackle last year in paris jones i like it uh i him and broderick jones i think are, are neck and neck there for that top off tackle spot uh we've moved Peter Skronsky to the inside uh, interior offensive line uh, a few weeks ago after, you know, we, we, we debated on it and the 32 inch arms is definitely probably no bueno outside for what would you say? 25 teams, maybe. So yeah, I mean, probably it definitely, it definitely limits, but uh, that brings me now to the Super Bowl runners up last year, the Philadelphia Eagles who have the 10th pick courtesy of the new Orleans saints. And I probably would have leaned corner here had they not brought back Darius Slay, brought back James Bradbury. They brought in Greedy Williams. It feels like overkill. I'm also a big believer in Milton Williams, and they drafted Jordan Davis last year, so interior defensive line comes off the board here. I got to do it, Shane, and I know you love this, and you've done it. It's And it, they've never done it. They don't do it, right? With Howie Roseman, it's never happened, but this is the spot. Bijan Robinson oh. running back Texas, 10th overall to the Philadelphia Eagles. Brad, what is that? What would a Bijan Robinson Philadelphia fantasy look like? Awful. I mean, I don't know. Bijan's so good that I feel like. He'll do well at nearly almost any team not named New England. I feel like New England's where running backs go to not be very productive and not exciting. Um, you know, but they have they have so many running backs and they churn through them so well in this offensive scheme that it's like, yeah, you, I just don't get nearly as excited about a guy like Bijan in Philly as I would as say he went to almost any other team. You know, like the way that they use their running backs. I mean, I feel like it kind of caps what Bijan could be in that offense, unless they decide to use him as a pass catcher as well. But you know, what is what role would he fill? Is it the Miles Sanders role? Is he going to take away reps from some of the other guys they already have there? I mean, because they have some guys that are decent there already. So it would be a weird fit, but it wouldn't surprise me because they have the the draft capital, right? They got yeah. two firsts. Why not? 
Look, I'm coming at you, Brad, because if you take a running back in the top 15, guess what? Kenneth Gainwell, I don't care about Kenneth Gainwell. I don't care about Boston Kenneth Gainwell's Scott. so good in that offense. I don't care. It doesn't matter because I got B.J. Robinson, maybe the best running back prospect since Saquon Barkley. If you're taking him, even if they trade down and take him, I mean, if you take a running back this high, I think you are molding the offense toward him. So uh, I probably the only thing for fantasy I wouldn't like is Jalen Hurts stealing those uh, goal line touchdowns. That's that's the, that's the only thing. But other than that. Jalen Hurts is going to get close to a thousand yards rushing, right? Or somewhere in the, you know, it's like, so, I mean, that kind of hurts him overall, just Jalen by himself. Shane, quickly, uh, who who is the alternative pick to Bijan here for Philadelphia? Uh, look, I, I mean, I, I think it's open. I think this is probably a prime spot for them ultimately to move down the board. Um, with how it's fallen, because I, I think corner is still an option. I think if Witherspoon or Gonzalez were still there, I'd feel better about that. Um, but you know, I, I think I think we could look at the pass rusher. You're looking at Nolan Smith sitting there, Miles Murphy sitting there. I think both those would be possible. I think the way this board falls, Bijan though makes a lot of sense. Um, ultimately, with Hargrave leaving, that doesn't concern you all. As like I said, I love Milton. Love Milton Williams as a pro, as a prospect, and I want to see him get every bit of run they can. They but they brought Cox back on a one year deal. Plus, you know, they drafted Jordan Davis in the first round last year. So I feel like they're going to go a little cheaper with those guys and, you know, maybe use that capital somewhere else. Plus, I mean, they had the pick at 30 that who's to say one of the other uh, interior defensive line prospects doesn't jump up to them at that, at that point in time. Miranda, you're now up with the Tennessee Titans. And part of me feels like this team's in blow it up mode. Maybe. Yes. Um, this, I feel like Tennessee is like one of the most confusing teams. I don't know. They're, uh, they kind of, I guess it's kind of like in that Atlanta phase. It's like, what is, what are you doing? Are you blowing things up? Are you trying to kind of salvage what you have and build on a few of these key pieces? I don't know. I am going to look at their offense at the moment. They had one of the worst pass blocking lines in the league last year. You've got, you've got Derrick Henry, of course, that you want to protect. And I think this is where I dropped my F-bomb last time, so I'm going to refrain. But <laughs> we've got Tannehill out there. Um, and so I, I do think – now you took my boy Paris Johnson – but I think I think as an insurance policy, I was okay with uh, Peter Skarinski out of uh, Northwestern to be up there and just continue to try to shore up this line. I think it's a good pick because Skaronski can play could play left tackle for the Titans, right. or if they don't like the arm length, he kicks inside, plays left guard maybe, or right guard if Dylan Reddins from North Dakota State doesn't work out. Um, I was confused the fact that they actually gave real American currency to Andre Dillard. I know. I, I, I I don't, I, and it was like six or 7 million per, right? I mean, this was like some stupid deal for this guy sucks. Cause he, no offense to Andre Dillard. He sucks. (laughs) Good. But Peter Skaronsky, 
probably one of the better overall offensive linemen in this draft class, right, Shane? Here's their concern with his length, though. Like, you think that's going to be an issue that they go, eh, we're going to pass up on him since we didn't get our guy Paris. You know, do you see that happening? It, it could. I, I think the question is what do, you know, what, what do the Titans themselves kind of prefer? And and like yeah. Brian mentioned, I think I think it could be okay. This guy played left tackle for three years in the Big Ten, super yeah. successful. We're gonna take him, mm-hmm. and like I said, hey, if if things aren't working out, you can kick him inside. I think the versatility, yeah, ended up being a benefit for some of these teams. True. Really like that. Yep. Well, Brad would have been on the clock here, but Albert Breer's already tipped the pick off to everybody on Twitter. Here is the picks already in. While we were talking about. Uh, Peter Skaronsky going Northwestern. Brad's already got the pick in the chat. Brad, go ahead and uh, announce who you've got the Houston Texans selecting here at pick 12. I was I was pumped. This card was up at the platform before you even finished saying Skaronsky. <laughs> Miles Murphy, edge from Clemson. Ooh. I mean, Houston needs help on that defensive side of the ball. Jerry Hughes is not getting any younger. They're okay in the middle. I mean, they've got Malik Collins. They've got a couple of pieces there at the D-tackle position. And then Jonathan Greener, a kid that's been in the league a couple of years, but just, there's just nothing there that gets you excited in the morning as a Houston fan. So giving them some edge help. I mean, you've seen consistent development out of Miles Murphy throughout his time at Clemson, no matter what they're doing with that defense, which there have been some questionable times in that Clemson defensive room as to what they're doing with this kid. He's produced fairly well, maybe not the most exciting player in the in the top end of this draft, but he's, he's consistent and he's strong at the point of attack. And I like what he could bring to – at least what I would assume is the way their defense is going to go, which is probably more four, three concepts. So give me a guy like miles Murphy and they can use him in either spot. They could probably flex him inside if they wanted to. I would probably play him mostly on the edge though. I love, I love miles Murphy though. He's a fun pick here for Houston. I think they need to the help. Shane, you like miles Murphy? I, I do like miles Murphy. I worry. I like miles Murphy more than the NFL. That's like my one worry is that maybe he doesn't go quite this, this high, but you know, I've been putting him like 10, which I feel feels a little bit high. I think 12. I think I think this range, uh, as Brad talked about, you know, it is is a big need and it feels like a good fit. So I do like that 12 to 20 range for him. Um, if it was me, I'd take him higher. We'll see. If he does the full workout and everything looks good, then I think uh I think sky's the limit for his draft stuff. It does feel like he doesn't get talked about a ton though. Like throughout draft season, you see names pop and guys kind of shoot up and you just don't hear a lot about him. I mean, people don't say anything negative. They just don't say much, which is weird. Well, that brings us to the next pick, 13th overall. Miranda, you had a little writing uh, this week. It's going to come out on Thursday mm-hmm. that involves this next team, the New York Football Jets. And yeah. probably going to have Aaron Rodgers at quarterback at I some no point. <laughs> at some point. <laughs> You now have what? Uh, you get Nicole Hardman coming in today, signed with the Jets. Uh, you've already got Alan Lazard coming as a free agent. Uh, probably going to get Randall Cobb at some point, right? Based on the, the the wish list, potentially, yeah, for Mister Rogers. So, what are you doing here to aid and embed? Uh, the uh, your former quarterback here for the New York Jets. Well, where do I start? So, well, I mean, here's the deal. I mean, unless something crazy happens, 
Aaron Rodgers will be their quarterback in the 2022 season. Uh, 23, wow, 23 season. So you're looking at a almost 40-year-old quarterback who's, you know, he's got this wish list and it, it's his prized possession to try to go here. And, you know, he's got a big chip on his shoulder. He's got an ego. You got to protect him. Um, I They haven't made any offensive line, like, big moves here in the off season yet. So I'm actually going to go Broderick Jones out of Georgia. And again, try to give him that protection. They're kind of needing that already. And again, you, you bring in a guy, you know, they thought they had Zach Wilson last year when they started the season, whole different ball game. When you move up to a guy who's turning 40 in December, that's sick that I know that, but yes, his birthday's in December. <laughs> You're not a fan or anything, right? No. I love the pick here. Broderick Jones, uh, Makai Becton was the 11th overall pick in 2020. Yeah. Uh, there were some people flirting potential trades of him for Jonah Williams out there, or them maybe being one of the teams that may trade for Jonah Williams. Uh, I don't necessarily think that affects would affect this trade at all, because I think Broderick Jones could play right tackle. I was never a big fan of Max Mitchell when he came out of uh, Louisiana, their current right tackle uh, that they drafted in last year's fourth round. Um, you got solid guards there as well. Mm -hmm. So I think Broderick Jones, good fit, good pick here for the Jets, either to be the left tackle or right tackle. Uh, what do you think, Shane? I, yeah, I, I love it. I think if you're the Jets, this is this is what you got to do, especially like Brandon talked about. You're, if you're bringing in Rodgers, you got to protect him at least a little bit. So I think Broderick yeah. Jones is, is, is a good fit. And if, you know, Kai Beckton, those things don't work out. Yeah, I, I love it. Um, that, good value there too, potentially. Yeah. All right, that brings us up to Brad Menendez here with the New England Patriots. Uh, Brad, which uh, offensive skill player's career are you going to ruin here by sending him to New England? I, I hate being the guy that has to pick for the Patriots because they don't draft the way the world thinks they would draft. You mm -hmm. know, This is the point where they pick a small school interior offensive lineman and everyone's like, what? Um, I, I'm actually not going to send them a skilled position player, you know, with the ad additions of Juju and they brought over, oh gosh, the tight end, uh, Gusecki. I mean, mm -hmm. they've added some guys, some, some pass catchers. So I'm not entirely sure what they're thinking, but this to me feels like an offensive lineman. When you project to have Riley reef as a starting right tackle on your team, you need to replace that position very quickly. Um, I'm going to go with the guy that I wouldn't have put here just because this feels like a Belichick move. Give me Darnell Wright from Tennessee. Big, physical. Um, he played left and right tackle. We know that Bill Belichick's not afraid to move guys around. Um, he, I think his foot speed is a concern for me. You know, I don't think he's necessarily the fastest, but, you know, he played in the SEC and, and they put him at left and right tackle and you saw him be able to hold up pretty well. And Bill Belichick's not afraid to pick these massive, huge individuals and put them in the offensive line. So give me that. I mean, that's a curveball that I wouldn't have anticipated. A week ago, I would have picked Joey Porter here because they need a corner help, but then they re-signed players and threw my whole idea out the window. Riley Reef, man. Didn't know the guy was still playing. Gonna be I mean, honest. He didn't either. So uh so yeah, I mean I like the I like the fit fit here and you know, offensive tackles coming off the board here fast and furious. Uh, right now, so that's the third offensive tackle we've had, plus Karonsky, so that's four off the board so far here in the first 14 picks. Whew. Drying up fast. Miranda, 
Green Bay, you're back on the clock here. Pick Sad 15. One. Sad one. Um, I'm at the second unsure of the direction I could go because I have two very different paths. And stick with me. It all, again, as much as I didn't want the trade to break and ruin my article, I did want it earlier rather than later. Well, it hasn't happened, so I don't know exactly what we're getting. Um, I, I feel like I'm going to stay consistent, even though it feels boring because I said this exact person on our last draft. At this moment, our safety play has taken a nosedive, and I'm going to manifest a guy like Darnell Washington in the second round. That pick 45. <laughs> Name it into existence. Fair enough. Because I almost was going to go with one of these stud wide receivers. A lot of Packers Twitter is so obsessed with, you know, your Addisons and a lot of JSNs out there. And I was very tempted to pick one of them since they were all readily available. But our tight end play is disgustingly bad. And so I'm going to go at shoring up two things, hopefully, within our first couple of picks. So I'm going to go Brian Branch. Uh, out of Alabama. Best safety uh, in this class, best nickel corner in this class. I don't see how yeah. you go wrong here. Yeah. yeah. I, like I had this in my mock this week. The Packers fans were not happy with me for having Brian Branch. For having Brian Branch? Wow. Yes. So the, the, you know, the athleticism, the RAS score is in yeah. yellow and they're like, nope, not going to happen. It. They're not going to yeah. take, they're not going to take a guy that unathletic in the top 100. I think, They've only taken two that weren't green Raz in the past four years in the top 100. But I, I think Brian Branch is a better athlete than the numbers say. So I think mm -hmm. this could be that situation. So I'm with you, but I, yeah. I definitely took some heat on Twitter this week for, oh, for that that's exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. Packers fans, just go easy on them. We're, we're, we're not well this week. <laughs> we're not well lately. You guys should just enjoy sitting at the bottom of the North for a little while. We, All right. Just I slow down. Slow down. I really think we will. Uh-huh. And I guess the question I would have for you guys is, is, is Raz really that heavily weighted in these determinations? That's a good question. I mean, does, does the eyeball test thing, does the on the field play not factor into the equation that much? The thing is it does, right? Like we, we have these tiers of players. It's not like you're taking a six round Raz guy here at 15, right? It's about the pool of players at, that you're taking at 15 that are worth the pick at 15 that also fit that criteria. So I think, I think it limits the pool a little bit more of who some of these teams are willing to take. Um, but it's not like they're going to reach, but players are going to go off the board if they're not athletic enough. And that, you know, that's essentially what you're doing. Hey, we're, we're going to remove this player. He doesn't fit what our defense is doing. Same thing with Dallas and their corners, you know, the, the arm length. It's, it's like, you don't match. You're off the board. doesn't matter what you did on the field. You don't fit our defense. And it becomes a thing. It's like, when does it, is it a trend or is it like, when does it stop becoming a trend? Because like, like we were talking about with the Colts, every player they drafted last year, they had what, like 10 or 11 picks in last mm -hmm. year's draft. And every single one of them was over nine rats. And uh, use the Cleveland Browns, for example, in the top 100, they don't draft anybody older than 22. It doesn't happen. So it's this is this is things that you have to kind of keep in mind when you're when you're doing these mocks and like Shane said, only what two players out in the top 100 Green Bay's drafted 
in however many years uh, below an eight RAS. So it becomes a thing where it becomes the, an outlier when it does happen. But Brian Branch, I think the talent and the versatility that you're getting uh, for him outweighs. He, he can become that outlier that, that outperforms the yeah. pick. That brings up pick 16, and the Washington Commanders are now on the board. And what we presume will be the final draft with Daniel Snyder as the owner. Maybe he's gone before then. We don't know. Um, Will Levis still on the board, by the way, uh, through the first 15 picks. We haven't seen him go. He's not going to go here. Um, Sam Howell would be upset if he did. I'm sure Sam Howell would be upset. And they also have Jacoby Brissett in town now as well. But I want to go with a versatile linebacker prospect here. Maybe not Micah Parsons, but can give them some sort of boost rushing the passer as well as playing, you know, a linebacker position here. And they drafted Jamin Davis a few years ago. Hasn't really worked out so far. But first linebacker off the board here in this class will be Drew Sanders, linebacker from Arkansas. Come off the board here at 16. Like I said, can rush the passer. Great effort guy, high pursuit guy. I, like I said, I don't think he's going to have double-digit sacks like Parsons has had, but I think he plays a similar style um, that, that Micah Parsons does. Shane, what do you think? Well, I, I think it's a need for Washington. Um, like you said, uh, Jonathan Davis hasn't really worked out. I mean, I, I don't think that Cody Barton is, is moving the dial. They've been looking at linebacker. I think it's something they're going to address in this draft. Um, so I, I think, I think it's a fair pick. I think it's a good fit. You know, Drew Sanders himself, the, the value of that off ball linebacker, he does, like you said, Brian, he has a little more value because he does rush the passer. Uh, but I, you know, I wonder where the value is. Cause I, but this is probably the area you start looking at him, right? I, I think 20 to 50, somewhere in that range. All right. Shane. Second half of the first round starts with the Pittsburgh Steelers at pick 17. A lot of ways they can go here. Offensive tackle is not one of them because all of you took them all. Pick so, clean. Yeah, that, that, one's, that, one's, that one's pick clean. We're going to have to wait till round two uh, for, for that pick. Um, I, I know, like, the pick I would want to make, uh, uh, I will not make because the Steelers would not make the, that pick. Um but I really think it comes down to two positions with offensive tackle off the board's corner. They did sign Patrick Peterson, but lost uh, lost Cam Sutton uh, there, so to to those Detroit Lions. I appreciate uh, it. Yeah, so so it, it becomes a bigger need even for the long term. Outside inside, they need someone, and then I think the defensive line, whether it be nose tackle or a five tech, uh, Stephon Tuitt still needs replaced to Marvin Leal. We'll see what happens with him. Cam Hayward's getting up there in age. I think they're going to address that position as well. But it's an easy pick here that is probably going to be the pick if he's there at 17, right? So we just got to make it. And and it's Joey Porter Jr., the corner out of Penn State. I mean, if he's sitting there at 17, I think the Steelers take him. I think that's ultimately what happens. I don't know if Joey Porter will still be there, but it, it fits the defense that they run. I think they want someone that's a little more physical, it can counteract Mika Fitzpatrick and Patrick Peterson. Joey Porter is the perfect jam corner. He gets a little grabby. He has the athleticism. 
it's a good fit, and the Steelers love their bloodline. So, so this is the way to go. How long do you think Mike Tomlin's been watching Joey Porter Jr. play football? Uh, he since he was I think four years old, something like that, a four or five when he was on Steelers practice field uh, throwing both throwing football. So uh, it's been it's been a long time they've been watching Joey Porter Jr. Brad, I know just for the Lions, you've probably watched a lot of cornerback prospects up to this point. Uh, what's your thoughts on Joey Porter Jr.? Man, he's I mean, he I don't know why he isn't consideration for the top corner in the class. I mean, he really does all the things you could hope for. And I think he backpedals really well, which I don't hear a lot of guys talking about as much. A lot of these corners don't necessarily backpedal. Like, you know, you see him kind of turn sideways and they're just kind of hopping backwards. Like, I love what Joey Porter does. His entire game is exciting to watch. And I, I if Detroit didn't take 48 corners in free agency, I would have loved for them to go after a guy like Porter Jr. I mean, he's just such a, a, a really fun player to watch, and he's physical too. I mean, he fits that Pittsburgh style of defense, and I was surprised. I thought, Shane, that would have been the guy you would have picked because he's coming in-state, staying in-state, going to all your teams. Like, I figured you'd have loved him anyway. Oh, look, look, I'm, I would be happy. I'd be happy with it. Um, but uh, maybe I'll reveal who I would have taken in this spot. I'm about to say goes. we need we need to know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe once once he goes off, we're gonna be tipping picks over here. So. <laughs> well, well, we'll we'll circle back to that when you're on the board at 32, Perfect. and 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 we'll see who who the you would have taken at that spot. Uh, Brad, the Lions back on the clock here with their own pick now, and I, I'm gonna ask, Will Levis still on the board here? I- <laughs> I had that thought, and I hate that I'm sitting here because at this point now, anybody that needs a quarterback from 19 back is calling Detroit or anybody that needs a wide receiver because the other side of it is Detroit doesn't need wide receiver help right now. You know, it sounds like DJ Shark may come back. They've already got three, four receivers they like. I'm like, I don't know what to do with this pick, but they do need a backup quarterback that they could develop. I don't like Will Levis, though. So me doing this as a Lions fan, I don't like this pick. So... Uh, I'm, I'm going to go Will Levis just because he's here and I can't trade this pick, but I don't like it. I mean, I'm not a fan of his game. I think that I just don't think that he's got what it takes to be kind of a, a high end starting quarterback in the NFL. Uh, I, I just, his, the way that his decision-making is on the field kind of concerns me. Like I get it out of a guy like Anthony Richardson hasn't had a lot of playing experience against big time competition, He's going to develop potentially over time. Will Levis has been playing this competition for a bit now with Kentucky, and and we're still seeing a lot of the same mistakes on the field that we saw 2021 or yeah 2021. And it's like every time I watch him, I'm just like, I don't I don't see him. I don't see it the same way. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan, but I'm going to do it just because quarterback is still a need for Detroit, and I don't even know what else to do with this pick <laughs> other than trade it. Will Levis, number 75 on my board right now. And we brought up this stat a couple weeks ago. I'm going to bring it up. I'm going to say this probably every week now. There has never been in the since 1937 a quarterback drafted in the first round that lost to Vanderbilt as a starting quarterback. Oh. We've now had two selected in this first round. Will Levis and Anthony Richardson both lost to Vanderbilt this past season as starting quarterbacks. My theory is if you can't beat Vanderbilt, you can't be a good NFL quarterback. That's my theory and my theory alone. Dang, Vanderbilt fans. 
Interesting. Email Brian Mosarge at Draft Countdown. Well, <laughs> Vanderbilt <laughs> fans love the stat. They were retweeting. Yeah, they the love it. They took oh it as a badge goodness. of honor. Yeah. Right. That, that they had won. But uh, I think it's more that they beat Anthony Richardson and Will Levis, but that, that's fine. Right. I, like I said, I don't love it. I mean, I'm just not a big fan. In fantasy football, I won't be dra- – I will have zero Will Levis shares. I mean, it's <laughs> Where is Detroit's pick in the second round? They pick – in the. Uh, I'd have to look. It's pretty it's far It's like back. mid-40s, right? Yeah, Something I believe so. Else. So, if if they – let's say Will Levis is off the board. And I think he will be off the board by the time we, we, we get around here on draft night. I hope so. Is Hendon Hooker a consideration for you in that second round? I love Hendon Hooker. I love Hendon Hooker. I I think, I mean, he has time to sit on the bench, rehab, and continue to develop. I mean, this kid is is, should be considered as a day two pick, early second round. I have no doubt about it. Uh, I loved what he did. I had sucked. You see some mocks today with him going in the first round. So, I mean, if somebody could sit and wait here tonight, just throwing that out there. No, no. Yeah, he's a, if he's there in the second round, I would I would have no problem if Detroit took him because Detroit's focused on so many other needs. I mean, they've addressed so much. Interior offensive lineman with Graham Glasgow coming back isn't really a huge need anymore. I mean, it's it's one of those like take the best player on your board at this point. And I don't think Will Levis is the best player on anyone's board. It's you know at this point. Who was taking um, Who was taking Hooker in the first round? It sounds like we need we should wait and find out because Brian might be making the same pick here oh. today. So we'll, see. <laughs> we'll see what happens. All right. Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the clock oh. now. And speaking of quarterbacks, uh, their quarterback has retired now. And so that leaves Kyle Trask. Trask and, and Mayfield. Baker Mayfield competing for that QB1 spot. Uh, good luck with that. Miranda here is you're on the clock for Tampa yeah. Bay. So I'm going over like my notes and my options and my first two gone. Darnell Wright gone. Joey Porter Jr. gone. But obviously there are still this team. I mean, this team, right, was a shell of themselves this past year. I mean, for previous couple of years, it's there again i feel like i'm a pull string doll but i'm saying the same things but this is another team that just has so many needs on all sides of the ball and i could go a multitude of directions i'm gonna go emmanuel forbes cornerback out of mississippi state that is an interesting pick uh he's a fast high athlete guy the problem with Forbes, Shane, has got to be that weigh-in, right? 166 pounds at the combine. Definitely an outlier if he goes here in round one, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the weight's concerned, but the, the playmaking skills, you know, the pick sixes is yeah. something that, you know, Tampa's defense looks for those kind of ball skill athletes. That and that's what Forbes is. So I think it'd be interesting to take him over. Yeah. Yeah, take, take him over some of the bigger, longer corners, but um, – you know, I think it can happen. And if you look at, at our friends over at Mock Draft Database, I mean, they have him in the top 40. I think he's like 37, 38, 39, somewhere in there. So it's not like it's super far down if if if, it, if they really saw him as the fit for him. Right. Talent-wise, yes, I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm with Forbes here. I love the talent. The size is a concern. But it, it doesn't show up on tape, right? I mean, he, he's a physical – he plays physical at corner despite being – 
anorexic. So <laughs> <laughs> we all can drink. Need a cheeseburger, Emmanuel. Come on. All love to Emmanuel for. I haven't been 166 pounds since like eighth grade, maybe. <laughs> uh, Shane, you're on the clock, back on the clock with Seattle again. Pick 20. Uh, first go around, you get the edge rusher Tyree Wilson here. A lot to like about what could still be on the board here for the Seahawks. Hey, it's definitely made it tough. Um, I, I think there's a big need for the Seahawks on the interior offensive line. So a John Michael Schmitz out of Minnesota or a Cyrus Torrance out of Florida, definitely consideration at this pick. I think it'd be a really good fit. I mean, Phil Haynes, Damian Lewis, Evan Brown, not exactly getting it done. I do think corner, once again, is is on the board. Um, I like Deontay Banks out of Maryland. I think he'd be a nice fit. But I think, I think there's a value pick that needs to go. And one thing that the Seattle Seahawks have seemed to search for the past couple of years has been a slot receiver that can really fit this offense. Well, D Eskridge was not that player. Um, and uh, that has not worked out. So I'm going to take the first receiver off the board who should have been, I think gone about 10 picks ago. And that's Jackson Smith and Jigba, the wide receiver out of Ohio state. Um, you know, ran four, four, it ran the four fours today had his pro day and that, you know, that Raz cards in the nine, he has the elite agility score is, is always open. If you would have played this year, I think he's the top 10 pick in the draft. I think Seattle takes the value and takes an offensive weapon for Geno Smith in this offense. Can't argue with that. Uh, playmaking wide receiver, one of the better route runners in this class. And speed and his agility through the roof, score, speed, good enough. I like the pick here. JSN to Seattle. Gives, like you said, another weapon. Speaking of teams that maybe need another weapon for their quarterback, Justin Herbert, the Los Angeles Chargers, up here at pick 21. I'll be selecting for them, and I, too, will be going with a wide receiver. And a wide receiver that I consider to be the highest, one of the highest upsides in this draft class. I think uh, this will be a good fit for him. we got an aging Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, oft injured. Uh, here, Joshua Palmer, we can do better. Give me Quentin Johnston, wide receiver, TCU, here at pick 21 for the Chargers. Why? What do you, what, so what's your favorite thing about him? Because I've heard it, it, people seem to be in the either you love him or hate him category because you hear a lot of people say he has trouble getting off press coverage, things like that. So what makes you love him in this Charger scheme? I, I, I'm going to be honest. I just like his ability to put the ball in his hands. I I didn't really see that separation problem in the games that I watched. I saw a player that once he got the – once he was open a lot and he's got the speed, which we haven't confirmed that yet. We'll see that in his pro day. Right. And he's got the speed to beat teams deep. The route running is a bit of concern to me just because of the style of offense they play. That might be something that maybe stalls him early. But I think Quentin Johnson is wide receiver one for me just based on the tremendous upside here. I love Quentin Johnson. And I think, you know, Herbert is the quarterback that can get the best out of him. Oh, yeah. Herbert's one of those few that has such an awesome ball, like the way he places it and the and the way that he can take it enough off to make it catchable and not just try to break everybody's hands. I mean, 
I, I like the fit. I mean, I think it's a great fit, but I want to play devil's advocate a little bit because I feel like Quentin Johnson may be one of the most criticized receivers in this class. And it's like, as a Michigan fan, I got torched. Like, he beat us bad in the playoff, right? So it's like, I've seen him beat press coverage. I've seen him be a little soft on his route running, like you said, but he's a, he's a fun receiver to try to, to try to determine on where he fits. So I think it's a great pick. Up now 22 in the first round. Shane, you're up here with the team that we both hate equally, the Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> what is happening with Lamar Jackson? We don't know, and that's a question we may not even have answered before the draft. So going into that, what do you do here with the Ravens at pick 22? Well, I think for the Ravens, whatever's going to happen with Lamar Jackson, you know, you have to feel like he's going to be back. Or you're you're going to have the assets to get a quarterback. Like, is he stuck playing or this is a wasted year anyway? You have a new offense coming in with Todd Bonkin coming in to run this offense. Um, and ultimately, the Ravens have needed one thing for a long time, and, and that's more weapons on the offensive side of the ball. So I'm going three in a row here at the wide receiver position. And I I think they'll want someone with some more versatility, some screen passes, uh, some agility, you know, ability to break tackles in the open field. Um, So I'm going to take Zay Flowers, the wide receiver out of Boston College. I think he's the best fit of the receivers still on the board for the Baltimore Ravens and would give another kind of element that the offense has lacked and kind of tried to do with uh, Devin DuVernay at times. Flowers would be the highest drafted Shrine Bowl player in some time if he goes here at pick 22. I, I, we'd have to look this up and see if the last time a player was picked higher than that played for the Shrine Bowl. I imagine it goes back 15, 20 years at least. Brad, you have back-to-back picks up now, and a team I'm sure you also hate here, the Minnesota Vikings pick 23. What are, I, what are you doing here for uh, the Vikings? Uh, it's a tough one. You know, Adam Thielen obviously leaves in free agency, but they have a solid one and two between Justin Jefferson and Osborne. And they've got some, you know, they, they brought over Rager and a few other guys in previous years that maybe they think they have enough depth. I got to go Brian Breesey just because how has he not been drafted yet? I mean, he was a considered top 20, 25 pick, you know, throughout most of the draft process, but he also fits a need here, right? Like their defensive line. I mean, anybody watching last year, they were a paper tiger. Somehow they got double-digit wins, but their defense just was not strong. And they've invested a lot in the secondary, uh, in the cornerback position over the last couple of years. So let's help them out in the line a little bit. And as a Lions fan, I'm not really scared of whatever they do because, you know, we're we're feeling ourselves. Everybody's been talking us up. We're getting a little pep in our steps. So give me Brian Breesey, and uh, let's see if we can help their defensive line a little bit. Miranda, does the thought of Brian Breezy and his athleticism on the interior scare you as a Packer fan? I mean, just their line is already scary. And now we don't even know what we're going to have here necessarily in Jordan Love. So it's just like, well, you know, at least we're not, we're going down in age though. So that's like one positive, you know, Rogers isn't what he used to be mobile wise. So, eh, you know, yeah, it does scare me though. <laughs> All right, Brad, you're back up here with the suddenly resurgent Jacksonville Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence figured it out in year two. Jacksonville gets to the second round of the playoffs. What are you going to do here to continue that upward trajectory in the uh, AFC South with Jacksonville? So 
I would have taken any of those top receivers here, even though Calvin Ridley came back, uh, because I'm not a Zay Jones or Kirk long-term believer. Uh, but I'm not really comfortable with a couple of receivers that are there that could go with that I could go with at this position. But there is a hot name that could help them. I'm going to go back-to-back defensive lineman. Give me Kalijah Kansi. Uh, I like his upside. I think that they could kind of use him as a nice edge rusher. And uh, Roy Robertson Harris is fine. And Fotokasi, I apologize if I butchered your name. Are, they're both okay, but they're not long-term solutions. So uh, they spent a lot on the linebackers. They've spent considerable amount in the secondary over the last few years. They really haven't invested a ton in that outside of Devon Hamilton. So give me Kalaji Kansi. He's a fun guy that's been shooting up people's in the conversation over the last few months. Uh, and I like what he can do. I think that he's, he's a powerful dude and, you know, he's a little undersized. Is he Aaron Donald 2.0? No, uh, but he's a, a fun pick. And I don't, I'm, I'm guessing here with this one, because Jacksonville is a team that could go a lot of different directions. They could use offensive line help too, but they spent a bunch there recently too. Mm-hmm. Kansi's fun to watch for sure. Uh, definitely anytime you can rush the passer from the inside like that, I think it's a plus here. He's going to go in the first round. I don't know where he's going to go. He could even go a little bit higher here, you know, than uh, than what you got. Uh, anything on Kansi right quick, Shane? Uh, I, mean, I mean, I love the the penetration ability. He's, he's a super athlete. I agree with you. I think he's going in the first round somewhere and out. I'll, I'll, I don't know, maybe it's a bold take. I think he's going to go above Brian Breesey in the NFL draft. Newark Giants, 25th pick of the first round. Miranda, you are back up here with the Giants. We got big money invested Daniel Jones now. So what are we going to do here? Yeah, I mean, I, I like what the Giants have been doing just all around. I mean, they're, they're making sure that their guy is there, whether it's everyone's guy or not, whatever they're for right now, Brian Dayball said, he's my guy and they're having him stick around. Obviously Saquon was back in Saquon form. I, I mean, you saw my article, obviously one of my best pickups was the Darren Waller signing. That was huge. And before, you know, that pickup, I would have been like dead set on a receiver. Now a couple of the guys that I kind of was targeting are off the board. So I'm kind of going to audible a little bit. Um, I believe it was in the last couple of weeks, I think they let their center go. I think he signed a contract. Feliciano is gone. I'm going to go John Michael Schmitz out of Minnesota as a center to keep Daniel Jones, who is a mobile guy, and to keep Saquon freaking healthy. Ben Bredesen currently projected to start at center for the Giants. John Michael Schmitz, I feel, is a better option oh, there, yeah, right? That's better. <laughs> okay. Night and day. Great pick there, Miranda. Let's now go to the 26th pick and the Dallas Cowboys, America's team, Ooh. right? Dallas Cowboys, yeah. Brad, pick 26. Interesting so, where they could go here. Well, I mean, with the trade of Brandon Cooks, we, we're fairly confident wide receivers probably not at the top of their list. Um, they could, uh, this team wouldn't surprise me if they drafted a running back here. I'll be honest because I'm not a Ronald Jones believer. I don't like what's behind Tony Pollard and Tony Pollard's hurt, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to go running back because nobody's drafting running back in the first round, not named Bijan. Uh, but give me Michael Mayer, tight end from Notre Dame. They lost Dalton Schultz. They have Jake Ferguson, who is okay. 
but I think they need to upgrade that position. And I would have taken Washington here because of, you know, the athletic freak profile of him. Uh, but Michael Mayer is kind of an all around really good player. I like his ability as a, as a blocker. Darnell Washington's good at that too. Uh, I like his ability as a pass catcher. I like his route running. I mean, and how do you not love Notre Dame tight ends? I've always been a big fan of him. He's my favorite one in this class still, even though Darnell Washington is an athletic marvel for sure. I was hoping he would be there two picks from now. <laughs> not going to lie. He almost got there, Shane. He almost got there. Uh, is this where the tight end run starts in the first round? I don't know. I don't think Buffalo – I don't think you'll be going one with Buffalo here, Shane, at pick 27. But I think we could see a couple more tight ends maybe go off the board here before we're, we're done talking. But, Shane, Buffalo, the Bills pick 27 here. We got to get some more uh, – well, what are we doing here? Look, I don't think the Bills have any, like, huge glaring holes on their team, but I think there's a lot of positions that could be upgraded. I think it allows them to go with the best player available. You know, it would be nice to get uh, another receiver, get a Jordan Addison, but ultimately I'm, I'm going with a player that I think is probably going to go in the top ten of the NFL draft, and he's still sitting here on the board. So I'm going to take Nolan Smith, the edge rusher out of Georgia. You know, Von Miller – pretty old he's getting to the end he's got to you know retire to the chicken farm at some point and when that happens no one smith can step right in there in that pass rushing role and uh be uh, you know he's a monster athlete who is a five-star recruit he's he's phenomenal i think it'd be a great fit how much investment are we going to spend at this position and for buffalo you're now you've got Noah is, smith now we've got boogie basham greg russo epinesa the thing is like no one smith is not any of those players Right. I mean, you know, we, we, that's a, the big left defensive end, Russo and uh, Basham. I, I think Epinesa has that inside outside ability. Uh, I think the stand up pass rusher for the right side of the Bills defense is slightly different than this investment that they've made. But they, I, look, they've taken a lot of edge guys over the years in the first and second round. Um, but, you know, I, I, I think Nolan Smith just the fall needs to stop. I mean, you're right as far as value goes. You're absolutely right. Because of the way the picks change, I've got three picks in a row <laughs> the first round, the first of which is the great Cincinnati Bengals on the clock. And we've talked about tight ends a lot. The Bengals currently have one on the roster. And that's Devin Asiasi. Exactly. Cool. He's the only tight end on the roster right now. It feels like they're leaning that way. I don't know what the right tackle situation is there. Dewan Jones on the board intrigues me. Uh, me and Shane's talked about it, but Shane's talked me out of it. I feel like they've got it. Like You're in that Super Bowl window, right? It's, it's still open. You've got to get a player that's going to contribute immediately. And I don't know that there's a better high-volume pass catcher available at the tight end position than the guy I'm going to take. And the Bengals have shown in the past they have no problem drafting people in the first round either with average testing or no testing at all. It's It happens a lot with them. One of the few teams that is – this is not a prerequisite. The, so the Bengals will select Dalton Kincaid, tight end Utah, here with pick 28. Shane, I know you love – Kincaid, and like I said, his 
his ability to get open, make plays, it's going to be huge in this offense, right? I think it'd be an ideal fit for, for the Bengals to get Kincaid. He, he can block decent enough, and you have the pass-catching ability. I love that. If he's there at 28, they should run that card up there. I, I appreciate that vote of confidence. Now that brings us to pick 29, and the New Orleans Saints are on the clock. And I had locked in interior defensive line in my mind this whole time, but the top three are gone for the most part. I love Javon Dexter. I don't know if his value gets him into the first round. I just don't know. I feel like he's there. I feel like wide receiver is a place it can go. Jordan Addison still on the board here. Jalen Hyatt still on the board. Both, I think, would be good in the Saints offense. But I promise craziness here. And I'm not going to do it. Uh, Give me Hendon Hooker. I'm consider, I considered here, but they just I find that hard to believe that they would do that with Derek Carr in place, multi year deal. But it feels like he would work out. Well, Daniel Jeremiah had him go to the Vikings uh, today. So okay, so that, that was the spot. I couldn't that was the spot. spot. Yeah. Okay, Hendon Hooker is in play here. I think Detroit in the second round. I think Seattle in the second round are, are beautiful landing spots for Hendon Hooker. Uh, but give me Jalen Hyatt to take the top off the defense here for the New Orleans Saints. They need that guy. They don't have that guy. Derek Carr needs that guy. Are you, you're not a, a Rashid Shahid fan? Rashid, where, where did you have Rashid Shahid ranked? I, look, I didn't watch him last year. I'm mad at myself. I didn't have. I had a list of 150 receivers. I scouted. I didn't scout him, so I'm just. I'm just upset about it. No, Jalen Hyatt, the pick. Here, I think he's a good fit. What do you think, Brad? I mean, how can you hate it? You know, uh, that obviously Olave is, is set in stone as the guy in the future. But other than that, I mean, do you feel confident about anyone else on the roster? And if you don't then you need to target one here and now when you've got some high-end wide receivers available. I mean, I would have been okay with Addison. I would have been okay with Hyatt. I mean, either one of them here, I think, fit what they're looking to do. So it's a great pick. Fantasy-wise, I mean, that shoots Hyatt up into the probably consideration for top 10 in any kind of fantasy draft. I'm back up here with the Philadelphia Eagles with their own first-round pick, and this is a luxury pick for them. And they can pretty much draft anybody. And I mentioned it when it at 10 when I picked Bichon, which is another luxury pick. Um, and I talked, talked myself out of corner there because they've got Slay, they got Bradbury. But who's to say we can't stockpile here another corner? And he's still on the board with that speed, that athleticism. 10 Raz, right? Am I wrong here, Shane? So give me Deontay Banks, cornerback from Maryland, I uh, believe his Raz is 10 or 9.99 or something. It's some kind of insane number. Yeah, I think uh, it's a 10 right now. Yeah, so. so best testing corner of all time. There you go. Deontay Banks, 30 here to the Philadelphia. He's probably going to be off the board earlier, but falls falls here in our draft. It's a good pick. I mean, yeah, he's going to go in the first somewhere that just athleticism and size – I, I think Deontay Banks is going to fit a lot of these systems where the corners, you want them to be big. And for the Eagles, uh, I know they you know brought back guys. They got Darius Slay back, but really next year they could be bereft at the position again. So this is definitely a 
look ahead pick. You know, maybe Bradbury's gone. Maybe, you know, maybe they're both gone. Him and Slay both. They're, you know, could be get outs after one year. Miranda, your last pick of the night, the defending Super Bowl champions, Kansas City Chiefs. What do you get the kid that's got everything? I know this really, this one's, this one's hard. I mean, obviously we know why they're just always, they seem to make water out of freaking wine every year. Um, so I was, again, the 19th time I've said this, I could go in a few different directions here. The news today you know, they've already kind of lost Juju recently. And then the news of Nicole Hardman leaving kind of seared me back into that receiving core. You know, I think right now they have what? Kadarius, Tony, MBS, obviously Kelsey. Sky Moore, I think about it. Yeah. So I, I really think, and again, if, if, if you're going to put anybody in there, you know, as, as a receiver, as a rookie, I think you do it under Andy Reid and have Patrick Mahomes throwing you the ball. I'm going to go Jordan Addison, wide receiver out of USC. He's still there somehow. I'm shocked, but stoked. So let's do it. Obviously, it feels like a good fit here. Yeah, I think right. I think right tackle. I think Dewan Jones would get some consideration here. I think he's about to get some consideration here at pick 32. <laughs> but uh <laughs> not tipping his hat hold on i'm, I'm not on. i'm not tipping the pick here but i definitely think that's the position shane's fixing to go maybe not jones but i like the fit here addison to kansas city brad do you like that fit as well oh yeah i mean can you really hate any wide receiver that casey would wind no. up deciding to pick exactly you know? yeah uh, from a fantasy perspective it, it, i mean he still is a first round consideration probably top seven I would guess uh, people love Jordan Addison and, and in this offense, I mean, they don't have a receiver like him. I mean, he's just, he's really talented and I think they'll know what to do with him once they get him on the field. And he probably could get in more, more snaps than a guy like Sky Moore or even mm -hmm. MBS, you know, I mean, just yeah. the way he plays. All right, Shane, uh, am I, is my uh, prognostication correct? And you're going offensive tackle here. Look, uh, look, we're a little heartbroken. We we had our eyes set on bringing Kenny Pickett right back with Jordan Addison there at thirty two. Oh. Would have been nice to to bring them back together. Yeah. So thank you, kids. Sorry, Pittsburgh. Um, look, offensive tackle is definitely a consideration. I mean, Steelers are going to draft an offensive tackle at some point in this draft. Uh, but I don't love the options here. I, I think the player that they're going to take at some point, and it might be thirty two. I think it might even be seventeen. That's Mozzie Smith, defensive lineman out of Michigan. Uh, they're going to take him. All right, he's, he's getting taken. I think it's going to be a lot higher than people think. Um, Mike Tomlin seems to love him, and the Steelers are not a team that, you know, they wear their heart in the sleeve. They, they show you who they're going to take, and they take that player. Mozzie Smith's going to be a Pittsburgh Steeler, uh, I think, at the end of, of the draft, whether it be day one or day two. Don't count out him going 17. Didn't quite test like the number one Bruce Feldman freak. Good enough. It helps him fall, then, then you know, all, all the power to that. But, yeah, he, he, he did not test as well as I had hoped. Production not great either, right? No. It, it's, it's really a projection. But he is a really good fit for the Steelers' defense. 
and, um, you know, playing that five tech and probably the heir apparent to Cam Hayward. I, I got to ask, because I like these guys a little bit more. If you're going with that position, why not someone like Javon Dexter, maybe Tuli Tuapolutu, Keanu Benton, any of those but guys? Just I think Mozzie like Smith – Mozzie Smith, you're getting 323 pounds, right? You're getting someone that can play the nose on first and second down and then kick out to a five or three technique. I think the versatility he brings is going to be a lot better than those players. I agree. Like, I have Jerron Dexter, I have Keanu Benton rated higher as well. I think they're better players, uh, but more production. But I think that versatility is what Steelers are looking for in defensive line. Well, that's it. So – Let's quickly recap this entire draft quickly here for those of you who didn't catch all the picks. Carolina, number one, C.J. Stroud, quarterback, Ohio State. Houston at pick two, Bryce Young, quarterback, Alabama. Arizona, pick three, Will Anderson, edge rusher, Alabama. Pick four, Colts, Anthony Richardson, quarterback, Florida. Seahawks at five, pick Tyree Wilson, the edge from Texas Tech. Six, Detroit, Jalen Carter, defensive lineman, Georgia. Seven, Las Vegas, Devin Witherspoon, cornerback, Illinois. Eight, Atlanta, Christian Gonzalez, cornerback, Oregon. Nine, Chicago, Paris Johnson, Jr., offensive tackle, Ohio State. Ten, Philadelphia, Bijan Robinson, running back, Texas. Eleven, Tennessee, Peter Skaronsky, offensive tackle, interior offensive lineman, Northwestern. Twelve, Houston, Miles Murphy, edge rusher from Clemson. Thirteen, Jets, Broderick Jones, offensive tackle, Georgia. Fourteen, New England, Darnell Wright, offensive tackle, Tennessee. Fifteen, Green Bay, Brian Branch, safety, Alabama. Sixteen, Washington, Drew Sanders, linebacker, Arkansas. Seventeen, Pittsburgh, Joey Porter, Jr., cornerback, Penn State. Eighteen, the Lions, Will Levis, quarterback, Kentucky, 19, Tampa Bay, Emmanuel Forbes, cornerback, Mississippi State, 20, Seattle, Jackson Smith and Jigba, wide receiver, Ohio State, 21, Chargers, Quentin Johnson, wide receiver, TCU, 22, Baltimore, wide receiver, Boston College, Zay Flowers, 23, Minnesota, Brian Breezy, defensive lineman, Clemson, 24, Jacksonville, Kalijah Kansi, defensive lineman, Pittsburgh, 25, New York Giants, John Michael Schmitz, interior offensive line, Minnesota, 26, Dallas, Michael Mayer, tight end, Notre Dame, 27, Buffalo, Nolan Smith, Edge, Georgia. 28, Cincinnati, Dalton Kincaid, tight end, Utah. 29, New Orleans, Jalen Hyatt, wide receiver, Tennessee. 30, Philadelphia, Deontay Banks, cornerback, Maryland. 31, Kansas City, Jordan Addison, wide receiver, Southern Cal. And 32, Pittsburgh takes Mozzie Smith, defensive line, Michigan. That's it. That was the draft. Thank you, Brad. Thank you, Miranda. Of course. For coming on and doing this live mock draft. It was fun and a lot different than the last time we got together and did this. Yeah. It's a blast. I always love doing these things. And, uh, you know, and, and it's always fun looking back and going, well, we were way off. Yep. You never know what the teams are going to do. <laughs> uh-huh. Of course. All right. So uh, before I let you go, Brad, uh, tell everybody where they can uh, find your work other than Draft Countdown. Yeah, outside of that, I mean, mostly here on YouTube. If you look up Roto Heat, you will see my face plastered all over the place. And then uh, over on Twitter, you can find me at Roto Heat Brad. Thank you, as always. That was Brad Menendez. He's a great contributor here at Draft Countdown as well. Go to DraftCountdown.com. You can follow all of Brad's work there. Brad, it's good talking to you tonight, man. And we'll see you again here uh, on our live first round uh, live stream of the NFL Draft on April 27th. Brad, you will be here for a couple of segments uh, that night as well. We'll we can't wait to. Uh, it's going to be a very collaborative effort. We'll talk about that more in the future. But Brad will be uh, definitely be a part of that. 
and we look forward to that. Brad, until next time, buddy. All right. Take care, all. Miranda, how can we uh, see all of your stuff here? Just everything through Draft Countdown, obviously. And I have a potty mouth on Twitter sometimes and talk a lot of Packers and just other random things at Murda She Wrote. M-I-R-D-A. It's a nickname. I'm not into murdering. <laughs> Are we sure about that? Sure. We don't we don't know. Maybe, wait, we well, don't know you that well, to be honest. Yeah, let's see what the draft night brings. I don't know. <laughs> Miranda, appreciate it. you will also be a part of that Thank live you. stream coverage on night one of the draft, and we can't wait for yep. that. Uh, hopefully the Packers are on the clock and maybe we'll hear you drop an F-bomb on the live stream there. Oh, yeah. Uh, depending That's on what happens. Uh-huh. But uh Miranda, thanks for coming on. We appreciate everything you do. Thank you. Ooh, that was a long one, Shane. That one went a lot longer than the last one we did, but that's all right. People love this stuff. So let's quick, let's get uh, any final thoughts on everything that took place here in this round one. Any uh, any surprises of people who didn't go? Oh, I, I, you know, I think there's always a couple, but I think we hit kind of the big ones. I mean, Addison was going to be one, though. I think he's, you know, he definitely um, could fall out of the first, but I was going to be surprised if he fell um, I think Isaiah Foskey, the edge rusher at Notre Dame, I think he's going to find his way in there. Lucas Van Ness, the edge rusher out of Iowa. Uh, I think the edge guys in general yeah. probably we get a couple more in the draft, but you know, the, the, it's tough. It's tough to fit everyone in that could go in the first round. I was I was honestly surprised we didn't get a couple, maybe one more offensive tackle in there, and maybe one more tight end as well. I thought we could end up with three there. Darnell Washington was one I thought might get in there. And it's one I considered at 28 for the Bengals, but I, I think we both agree Kincaid probably a much better fit uh, for immediate impact in that offense. But everybody, uh, if you're new to the channel tonight because of this mock draft, we encourage you to please subscribe to the channel, like the videos, share everything out. If you listen to this on your uh, podcast, however you get them, be it Spotify, be it Apple Podcasts, be it whatever, we encourage you to give us a five-star review on those platforms and share it out as well on your socials. You can follow me on Twitter at Deep Fried Draft. Follow Shane on Twitter at Shane P. Hallam. Follow Draft Countdown on Twitter at Draft Countdown and go to draftcountdown.com for everything NFL draft between now and the end of, of mid-May, probably. We're, we're the place to be, draftcountdown.com for all of it. For Shane, Miranda, Brad, good night, everybody. <laughs>